Hello, mamas. And hello, mother. Who, if you're listening to this, click away right now, or I will literally log into our internet and disable it and change the password on you. Do not. Do not listen to this episode. Okay, now we can start. Hello. I cannot believe I'm making an episode about this. I literally thought I would never talk about this on the internet, but here we are. Weed. 420. Mary Juana. Kobe is here to join me and help me um, talk about this. I officially quit weed one year ago. Today is one year since I have done weed, which is so crazy to me because it became a little bit of a problem for me. Not anything too crazy. I wouldn't say I was addicted, but it got a little hairy. We could say hairy like Kobe right here. So let me run it back to the first time that I ever did weed. And I should say that Every time I've ever done it, it's been legal. It's been legal in Canada for like a freaking forever, it seems. And it's been legal in other places like California for even longer. Um, I've never done it in scary places where they stone you to death if you have done it. So let that. What do you have to say about that, Kobe? She has to slay. So the first time I did weed. (laughs) The first time I did weed. Um, I think I was like 19 and it was in a little contraption called a bong, which Kobe, get over here. She's about to pee on the carpet. She's about to pee on the carpet. I'm going to scream and she's, she's peeing on the carpet. One second. Oh my God. Okay. That is dealt with. I just put her down and by put her down, I mean, sent her to a meat market, a dog meat market. And she's now getting sauteed so let's continue i hit a bong that was the first experience i had with weed um it was in the back seat of a friend's car i was like 19 and they i was with a bunch of people that i was kind of intimidated by they were kind of like the cool kids at school so i was like okay 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 and they passed me the bong and i had been wanting to do it it wasn't like this was a case of like peer pressure um i had wanted to try it so they pass it to me and they're like, eh. they're like, ah, you want to hit this? And I was like, yeah. They're like, have you done it before? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Never, never. Didn't even know what I was holding. It looked like a damn, like, I don't need, bongs look so stupid. They look so, it looks like you took a pipe out of the, out of the sink underneath, like the piping underneath your sink. It looks so stupid. And I'm holding this contraption like, yeah, let's hit it. So. They, I, I was like, <laughs> I made some excuses. I was like, hey, you should light, the, you should light it up for me. That'd be so funny if you lit it up for me. I totally know how to do it. But what if you did? <laughs> so they're like, ah, you're crazy. So they did it. Like freaking put the marijuana in the hole and then like boiled the water. It's so, it's so insane. Bongs are so stupid. And I take one hit of this like actual freaking fart gas and I'm like (laughs) and I go into the worst coughing fit of my life and I was already scared of these people so like I was like yo 
I gotta go. My mom just texted me. <clears throat> and I coughed for literally two hours. I don't know if it's asthma or not, but like genuinely, I can't smoke. I can't vape. I'm saying it like it's a, like a bad thing. Like, oh, I can't smoke or vape. But like, I can't have any smoke in my lungs or any vapor in my lungs. It will destroy me. So, <laughs> I am having the biggest coughing fit of my life. And I go home and I just cry because I just embarrass myself in front of all these people. And it is like cry coughing. I'm like, <laughs> so that was traumatizing enough for me to not touch it for an entire year. The next time I did it um, was in the form of an edible. Someone down the line had the idea to mix weed with delicious little snacks. Just to see what would happen. And it gets you high. So. <laughs> they have, for some reason, around me, there's four billion dispensaries. I could get shot and be like, no, I could be like being chased by a murderer. And I would find probably 10 freaking dispensaries before I would find like a police station or something. It is it's so insane how many there is in Canada right now. But I digress. I just one day decided to try their little gummies that they had. They have these little, oh, I miss them now. These little blue raspberry gummies. And I don't even miss the weed. I miss how delicious they were. I want to reach out to this company and ask them to just make non-weed gummies of these because there were these yummy little blue raspberry gummies. Mm-mm-mm. Yummy in my tummy. I'll, I will live by that. I will die by that. I don't care. Like, they're so good. Um, and what a normal amount of weed someone can take is like, like, like 20 milligram, 10 to 20 milligrams is like what a lot, what you see a lot of people take when they want to get high. I am a lightweight. If you've seen this podcast before and heard me talk about alcohol, if I have one or two shots of vodka, I am falling over. I am slurring my words. I forget the English language. I need to open up Duolingo and get the fucking owl to speak for me. It's bad. I don't understand why I'm such a lightweight. But I am. And whenever I'm around people and I'm drunk around them or like around my friends, they're like, you're, you're acting. Like, stop pretending there's no way you're drunk. I, it's so annoying because I literally am. I literally get sloshed off of nothing, off of nothing, which has its benefits. Money saver. But... <laughs> Not good in my end uh, because of what I'm going to tell you. So five milligrams is like my cap. And that's like literally the like the smallest amount you can get. Like they don't really make them in like smaller amounts. Like usually like one gummy is five milligrams, which sucks because here are these delicious blue raspberry gummies and I want to eat more. But I know if I eat more, I will literally die and go brain dead. So I don't. I stick to one and it's usually enough. And what I kind of got into a cycle of doing was I have an edible. And this was this really like kind of ramped up during the pandemic, like right at the start when there was there wasn't shit to do. I would take an edible and I would it, it would kick in after 30 minutes. And the best way I could describe how it makes me feel is it just puts me fully in the moment and like textures and sounds and everything just feels like buttery and like <laughs> like I'm giggling like I'm just sitting by myself giggling I'm like 
I'll be playing with the carpet. I'll load up Minecraft and just like run around in the grass for two hours. And it is genuinely so like, wee! like that's how I can describe it. You're just like, wee! <laughs> now those are the good, the good things that I felt from weed. Let me talk about, let me talk about the horrific. So, on the smaller end of my experiences with weed, um, I would get brain fog. So, say I did it, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Come Friday, I would wake up and literally just n not being able to concentrate on anything. And I know I'm already like that, <laughs> and it's already bad, but, like, I genuinely, I, like, A, could not get motivation to do anything, and B, like, just couldn't concentrate on any anything. It was so crazy. And I've heard from a lot of other people that do weed that, like, that is something that they, like, experience is, like, just this brain fog. And it's so weird. It's like, you could, you, you're aware of it, too. You're like, I, I want to concentrate on this, and you just can't. You're like, okay, let's open TikTok and scroll for three hours. Perfect. Which already is a bad thing that I do sober but there's brain fog but then there's also the darker side which is how it becomes a habit now very early on i kind of noticed how how easy it was to become a habit for me like i think the first like month of me like discovering it i was like like i would do like one little edible every single day and i was like oh god like this is not good because it gets to nighttime and say you've done it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every night at 10 p.m. And it's like almost like a ritual. If you go a day without it, you start to get anxious. You start like needing it. And I guess that can be said for like a lot of different things, not even like necessarily drugs. Like say it's like Diet Coke. I've seen I've seen bitches who literally cannot go a day without Diet Coke or I guess coffee, wait, that's like caffeine, which is a drug, so bad example. But like the, the people that are like, do not <laughs> talk to me unless I have had my morning goddamn coffee. Very similar. But I think weed um, is a little stronger than that because, you know, you get such a, you can get such a positive, like emotional, um, kind of like feedback from it in your brain and your brain is immediately associating weed with like having a good time and being relaxed. So anytime you're stressed or anything like that, your brain is telling you, okay, take a, take an edible, crack open that, crack open that little container, eat a little blue raspberry gummy. <coughs> so that is a very slippery slope in my opinion, because you know, a another thing that people do that I would witness, um, is people would not be able to do fun things without weed. I never kind of, like, felt this, but I would see people who, like, couldn't go to a party without getting high, couldn't go to a trampoline park without getting high, couldn't even go to the mall without getting high. Like, any kind of, like, thing that is fun, they'd be like, wait, but that'd be so fun if I was high. So they would, like, smoke up or something beforehand. Um, and I'm I'm a little guilty of this. Like, I would go to the aquarium high, and I thought it was literally so crazy. I Like... It's so sensory because you're just, like, staring at these fish. You're like, wow. 
everything is ocean. Wow. And it's like kind of crazy. Um, but I was never, I was never like not able to go places without getting high. But that was a very scary thing that I witnessed like friends um, around me like experience. So that was a little scary. Um, I'm glad that was like never my experience, but very much an experience people can have. Now, there was one moment which which did it for me, y'all, which was like the real moment where I woke up and I was like, oh my God. This was about six or seven months of like me doing it, I want to say. And I, I, I definitely wasn't addicted, but I definitely had kind of a habit forming. I would do it probably three or four times a week, never like back to back days. Um, so I'm glad I like got smart about that early on, but I was traveling. I was with some friends and we were, <laughs> we wanted to have a little weed night, a little silly weed night where we would cook food and then make our own edible. So we, there was like six of us and we all got together and, um, we made pasta. It was delicious. It was like penne with like red pesto. Mm -mm -mm, yummy in my tummy and then we decided to make our own edible which i cannot recommend i cannot in good conscience recommend doing we didn't measure shit what we did was one of us got five grams of weed which didn't look like a lot. It looked like just little silly pieces of lettuce that someone like found on the floor. And basically what you do is like you put it in. Actually, I can't. I don't think I can say this. I think it goes against community guidelines. To, like literally say how to make drugs. <laughs> so we did a little recipe, followed it. And then the brownies were made. Blah, 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 blah. We, the, we made the brownies. So, <laughs> God, I'm getting, I'm literally getting PTSD from this. This was like actually traumatizing. So, we have this brownie with five grams, grams of weed in it. And after dinner, we each take a little piece and eat it. I didn't realize no one successfully taught me science because why is one gram 1,000 milligrams? So doing some quick math, which, with, which, oh my God, I wish I did when I did this, but 5,000 milligrams divided by six is 833 milligrams. <laughs> Remember how I said I have five milligrams and I'm, more than good. <laughs> I calculated this after the fact, after eating it, because I'm just such a genius and literally building on the science guy. And I was like, y'all, we just did 833 milligrams of weight. Oh my God. <laughs> so what do we do now? And they were like not freaking out but i was freaking out i immediately went to the toilet and tried to throw up didn't work i can't make myself throw up i'm too much of a baby 
Um, and I, I'm like spiraling at this point. Now, one thing about weed is whatever emotion you go into it having, you are going to have that multiplied by a thousand as soon as the weed kicks in. So I was going into this paranoid and just the most panicked I've ever been in my life. And the weed hadn't even hit yet. So I... Uh... <laughs> I was in a different city. And I was staring, staying at an Airbnb. And I had an international flight the next morning. <laughs> and I was like, like at 6 a.m. And it was like, I think, 1 a.m. at this point. So, like, flight in five hours. Like, this was a risky party to be going to. Sober. So I'm like, yo... Ooh, I gotta go. I gotta go right now. I gotta go right, right fucking now. And so I tell them, and they're like, okay, like get home safe. I didn't get home safe. I didn't get home safe. I, in a matter of minutes, I went from being able to walk to literally drooling and stumbling. Now, this was a foreign city. And I'm trying to figure out their transit, which is hard enough to do when you're sober. Like, most cities have the most bonkers train system ever. And I'm in this city trying to figure out how to use the train system. And it's hitting me like a ton of bricks. I get on the train and it literally feels like I am in a gummy worm that a little Cocoa Melon iPad kid is stretching and contracting and then putting it in his mouth and chewing up. Like... I would look across the way and see the end of the train and it would it felt like it was 400 miles away. <laughs> I am blasted. I am blasted. And every single stop I had to get off because it was making me so nauseous in like ways that I had never felt nausea before. I had to get off at each stop, throw up and then wait for the next train to get on. And it was like six stops of this. I would get off, throw up. And when you throw up on weed, it's not like being nauseous or like being too drunk where you throw up and then it's out of your system and it's gone. That shit is in your fucking blood. <laughs> it doesn't exit your system. You're literally just, it's just in you. And you throw up and you're staring at your vomit. And you're like, oh my god, <laughs> am I going to be like this forever? So, eventually, somehow, by the grace of whoever's in the sky, I get to, like, my train stop. And I, like, find my way to my Airbnb. I stumble up the stairs. <laughs> and I make it back. And this is where it got even worse because I, like was in such an echo chamber of my thoughts and just freaking myself out, like literally thinking I was going to die. I'm like, what happens to a human when you take 833 milligrams of weed in one bite? What, what do we do now? So I FaceTimed, <laughs> I FaceTimed someone who I am no longer really friends with and they literally started getting mad at me, which... <laughs> They were going through, like, their own kind of, like, crisis. At the time, they were, um, 
they were like throwing a party and it was like kind of turning out to be a disaster so they were already stressed and just like kind of like dealing with that And I tell them, okay, like, listen, I am so high right now. I need to know. I need you to tell me if I'm a human or not. Hi, help. And they literally got so mad at me, like genuinely furious with me. And this was someone that I like really trusted. And like, it, 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 it was, it was beyond like, like, I can't even like chalk it up to them being mad because they were like stressed because it was like the level of anger they had towards me was like mortifying and this was someone i really cared about and all of a sudden they're like just vile towards me and i like had to hang up and started crying and then throw up some more i was like ah oh so bad it was so bad y'all so (laughs) they were like they ended it by being like like don't don't talk to me until you've gotten sober and like made me sound like i was like like i i I was like telling myself like oh my god like i i am a monster i like literally i have a problem and it literally i it wasn't even like a problem at that point like i had never like purposely done a lot of weed it's just that i forgot to do math so like (laughs) like just please do math if you ever do weed make sure you know your like your limits so that was fun um i didn't sleep the entire night i played roblox to calm me down and that was like an all right way i went from crying and throwing up to just throwing up so (laughs) Um, it was then like four hours before the, before the flight and I was like, okay, I need to get to the airport. Like <laughs> I need to get there now. So I, I took an Uber to the airport. I somehow made it through security and customs literally looking like a, a, a freaking Demogorgon. Like my eyes, <laughs> my eyes were so bloodshot. It was as if someone poured cayenne pepper in my eyes and then punched me in the head 14 times. Like that's what I was looking like pulling up to this airport. And I was on this plane, (laughs) like the anxiety and panic just ramped up again because for some reason (laughs) I played Roblox the night before, like playing, playing crash simulators, (laughs) fully knowing that I have an international like 10 hour flight the next day. Oh my God. And I did, and I decided to to play playing crash simulators. So that was a really good on my part because I was rolling on this plane. I was like anytime any sound was made, any crack in the plane, I was like <sighs> I was like rocking back and forth and full like stilly high. Stilly high, still still high. <laughs> like it was still in my system. Oh my god. Oh my god. So I land and it's pretty much on my system by then. But I'm like, I, I cannot touch this ever again. This truly is the devil's fucking lettuce. This is I get I get why it's called the devil's lettuce, which I really don't get because they did they have weed in biblical times? I don't think so. Did they ever mention weed in the Bible? I don't think so. What? 
you think the devil was smoking it up? Why are we even calling it the devil's lettuce? I don't even think they put it in the Bible. That's a whole different. And not saying that the Bible is the frick the the law. Like, <laughs> I'm not even religious. So let's avoid all that different experience to be talking about. But regardless, that was a real moment where I was like, oh my God, like this is like the dark side of weed. Like this is what it can really do to you. And I was like, I never want to witness that again. I never want to feel that or experience that again. A few weeks pass and I was like, you know what? I'll try. I'll try my silly little goofy edibles. We'll see what happens. And I just got too freaked out. I got too freaked out. And to this day, I'm freaked out. So it was a, for me, like quitting it was a mixture of not ever wanting to have that experience again, but also be like noticing that before that happened, it had its moments where it was becoming a habit. And it was having like a negative effect on my life. I had brain fog. I couldn't concentrate on things sometimes. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want that in my life. Now with anything, like with any kind of habit, it's kind of hard to break it regardless of what it is. Like it could be as small as like eating a bag of hot Cheetos every single day, which was another habit that I had, which I had to break and which was very difficult. And I might even go to say, go as far as saying that it was harder to break the hot Cheeto habit than breaking the weed habit. But anyways, I digress. I dropped it cold turkey, like end of October 2021, and now it's end of October, it's November, and I haven't had a single edible, and I'm very proud of myself for doing that. Um, not that it was like a crazy problem, that it, not that it was even that hard to do, like there was like maybe a few weeks where I was like, mm, I want to play Minecraft with an edible, but... I broke it. I broke the curse, y'all. The devil one. The devil zero, me one. Actually, probably like the devil 100, me like 2.5. But anyways, that's multiple different reasons. I want to end this or like kind of wrap this up by saying like I'm not demonizing weed. I don't think it's inherently bad. I think like used in moderation, it can be beneficial for especially for people who have anxiety depression, uh, maybe not depression. I think I just made that one up. Uh, check with the doctor for about that one. But I think definitely anxiety, it can like really relieve some of the anguish caused by that. And also just in general, like I, th I think, I truly think that like out of all the different drugs on planet earth, taking an edible is so low on the risk scale obviously still has its risks you're still impaired there's a lot of things that comes with that but you're not inhaling any smoke and for the most part it doesn't have any long-term like health effects i'm not a doctor like look it up before you do before you consume any substance like look it up do your own research and if you're ever going to do it please do it around someone that you trust and someone you feel safe around this is very important. And do not get behind a vehicle. Oh my fucking God. The amount of people, the amount of people that think it's okay to drive high is insane. And you would think it's a no-brainer. You would think. One would think. One would come to the conclusion. No. There are so many people that just regularly drive high. 
that I've encountered. It's so crazy. I want to slap them across the head, but they're scary. Because if you're if you are dumb enough to drive high, you're also a scary person, and I'm scared of you. So, like, just use your fucking brain. Don't <laughs> don't ever drive high. That's so terrible to do. But anyways, if you're ever gonna do it, do it with. This sounds so stupid, but a parent. If you have a cool parent that like would be open to do it, do it with them, uh, or do it around friends that care about you and you care about and you can create a safe space with where you're not gonna feel anxious very important but for me it ain't for me y'all i don't think it's for me uh will i do it in the future potentially i think i don't think i'm gonna rule it out for forever when i quit i just kind of like thought like for as long as i can i don't want to do it but you know, as long as I have control, which I think I mostly had control over, except for when I had an 833 milligram edible and literally was drooling. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I just told the story. I uh, dropped my mama. But anyways, anyways. <coughs> now I'm going to read some of your guys' drama. As you all know, we end every episode reading some of your drama um you can tweet it to me using the hashtag drama mama podcast and i will read it on a future episode like this one um this one is from alex oh oh my god okay this one's crazy hey ben yes so basically here's the story of how my friend's friend got me to say a slur all right we're going here i was an ipad kid I had made this friend who we'll call Sparky on an art website and soon migrated to Discord. I had a crush on her back then and sometimes flirted with her, but I was like in fifth grade at the time and she was in eighth. I was also really immature then and she invited her new friends who bullied me a lot for no reason. One of them was Mexican and the other was white. Basically, we got into an argument and then Sparky said she was going to kick me from the friend group unless I said something. And the first one we'll call Sarah told me to say a slur for Mexican people. She was Mexican, I'm white. I was a dumb little 10-year-old, and I forgot to Google it before saying the slur. And then, long story short, they got mad at me and called me racist. After telling the fifth grader to say a slur. So, after that, me and Sparky stayed friends for a while, but she and her other friends were pretty toxic, and we fell apart. It doesn't bother me so much now. Me and her, me and the others, me and the other actually nice ones from the group are still friends after three years. Thanks for reading this. If you did, I love your mom. <laughs> All right. That's an interesting way to end it. Uh, I'm glad she appreciates you. I'm glad she, I'm sure she loved you too. Um, thank you for your story. That is very complex because like, A, like you're in fifth grade. When I was in fifth grade, I was definitely like, someone could like, like kids on the playground would tell me to just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> They'd be like, yo. Did you know if you, like, pretend there's a salt shaker in your hand and you shake it above your head, <laughs> you can taste the salt? Which, that looks like something, especially when your mouth is open wide. And I was so stupid. I was like, wow, it really tastes like salt. And they were, like, laughing. I literally didn't know why they were laughing. So, like, I mean, on one hand, we also, like, have to consider here that they are the ones who the slur is against and they're telling you to say it like obviously like if you're white like don't say it but they're like very much manipulating you here to say it 
I'm not even sure if, like, you knew, like, what the slur was or what the weight of it was. Especially, like, if you're in fifth grade, there's a lot of things that go over your head. So, I don't want you to ever think that you're racist for saying a word that people told you to say. And also, I don't think it's fair for them to call you a racist after they literally begged you to say it. That's so rude. It's like, it's almost like how, you know, people will go on, like, live and... You know, the classic one was to say, like, hi, my name is Nick. And then they would make the last name G-U-R-R, which obviously when you say those two words together very fast, you just right up say a slur. Which, like, if you're reading fast, if you're on a live stream, that doesn't make you racist if you accidentally say that, especially you've been, like, freaking manipulated into saying that. And obviously... Most people that fall for that are going to be like, ah! and like freak out because <laughs> that's a terrifying thing to be tricked into saying, but I don't think, like you said, you were 10. Like, it's just, it's not fair what they did to you. And I hope you don't lose sleep over it. I mean, hopefully like you definitely know what the slurs now. So, and I'm sure you're not saying it. Um, and they suck. That is a mean thing to do to someone. So. That all being said, y'all, <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Uh, where in Asia am I now? Who knows? So, sorry if we miss a week. We probably won't. This podcast is my therapy. So, uh, I love y'all so much. Tweet me your, uh, tweet me your drama using the hashtag Drama Mama Podcast, and I'll read it on a future episode. I will see y'all later. Stay safe. But of the week, it's chill. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.